good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jarrell Henry, the host of Just Tell Rel. We're sitting here with the poet, Clear Erotic. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Very good. I've uh, been looking forward to having this conversation with you. I know we've had a couple scheduling conflicts and everything, but we finally made it all work out. Yes. All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is our first interview that we're doing with a poet. Now, just to give you a heads up and let you guys know, she is an erotic poet. That's what her name comes from, Clear Erotic. So uh, if you have sensitive ears, this may be the time for you to go ahead and uh, turn this episode off, maybe tune into a different episode or catch the very next one. But this is just a heads up. Um, There's going to be some uh, provocative conversation happening. couple subjects we're going to be talking about so just in case if you're sensitive this is your heads up you've been warned (laughs) you have the opportunity now to hit that button (laughs) so uh now that we've got that out the way uh why don't you go ahead and tell us who are you and why do you do what you do well, um, so my stage name is Claire Erotic, um, and I write I write erotic poetry, uh, vignettes, which are short poetic stories, um, and I I just my real name is Mikel though. I'm originally from New York, Queens right. specifically, um, but I've been in Florida for a lot longer than I lived in New York, so you know I'll consider myself. Floridian at Floridian. this point. Yeah. All right, so not necessarily a second home. This is like home base. Right. All right. right. All right. So, uh, what about your background? Um, well, artistically, I've I've always been creative. I've always been um, interested in some form of arts. I I never would have thought that I'd have been a writer though. Um, I love to sing. Um, I danced as a as a young girl in church. Um, and I recited poetry, but I, I never considered myself a poet or started writing until more recently, probably about the last four years. Okay. So uh, what sparked you to start writing since it was so recent? I mean, four years is uh, not that long of a period of time, so. No, it's not. Um, actually, I, I, so really I started writing erotic poetry because um, I was trying to, it, it started out with a conversation with a girlfriend of mine. I was trying to explain something to her. Um, we had gone to an adult function and... Um, she was with me, but there was something something specific that I wanted her to um, know about when she wasn't with me. So I wrote about it um, for her, and she challenged me to finish it with like an erotic ending because it really isn't an erotic story up until that point. Uh-huh. But um, she she just challenged me to finish it. However, I felt it flowed, and it ended up being this like really great piece. So I ran with it. I just I just ran with it. So you got the passion, you gave it a start, and you just realized that you were good at it, so you just figured, why not? Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what would you say would be integral to the for your work itself, being a poet and a writer? I think that a, a lot of poets and writers would agree with me. I think honesty is actually the most integral part of writing. Right. Because um, there's a level of transparency that a person is giving you when they're writing. Um, even if they're not writing something that's entirely factual for them there's a there's a piece of them there so for me I've had to learn to be very honest about my interests about what's actually happening in my mind and not uh, I guess dumbing it down or 
omitting things out of judgment, to be honest. Okay, so you just be in forthright no matter how someone feels about it, that the piece is all about you. So the poetry has to really reflect the individual. So you're leaving yourself on that page. Essentially, you're bearing your heart. You're opening your feelings up to the criticism of others. And a lot of people don't have heart for things like that because no. <laughs> opening yourself to critiquing, especially when it comes down to something as heartfelt as poetry, because it's it's not a traditional style of writing, you know, in, in, in my personal opinion anyways. And I do storybook writing and horror story writing and things like that. And, you know, most of that is based out of imagination. And I can imagine that poetry would be imagination, but most of what you would be doing is from experience. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You're always writing from a place of experience in some in some form or fashion, you know. Um, I think that more than that, I, for me personally, more than that, it hasn't even always been what I wanted to write about that I've experienced. Um, when you do the type of poetry and, and stories that I do, it's writing about things that are maybe things I haven't experienced but had an interest in. Right. And I kind of feel like, especially as an erotic poet, I'm mindful sometimes of the, the type of content that I write and how it can cause people to perceive me. So to me, that adds an extra layer of, right. you know, pressure. But I, you just got to be honest. And right, and uh, <laughs> erotic poetry is uh, definitely a choice know uh, when it comes down to it because there are so many broad aspects of poetry that you can choose and I mean it's just like erotic novelists they get looked at a different way than a sci-fi writer would or someone else because it's the perception of what comes behind it it's like well you know if this person is sitting down writing about this subject what's really going on in their mind what's going on in their home right it's the biggest thing (laughs) exactly because it's just like I'm sure the writer of Fifty Shades. Right, right. You know, the, the, the flack that they must have gotten just in their, their personal lives where people must have been thinking, well, you know, is this individual beating someone in their <laughs> right. personal home? Like, you know, is pain a part of their life? And, you know, you're putting yourself under a microscope yes. at that point in time. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely commend you <laughs> on that, you know, that you're putting yourself, you know, in the spotlight. And I also know that you perform live. I've seen your, you know, a couple of your live performances, a few of your videos, and uh, how how does that feel differently than reading a poem maybe just on your phone, you know, versus telling it live? Uh, what's that sensation difference? Um, it, it's a huge for me. I've, it's a huge sensation difference. You know, reading it, I'm, I'm actually more comfortable with with people reading my work than doing it live um, because. You can, I think the perception is more immediately felt, you know, people are watching you, um, but it's actually kind of a double-edged sword. I feel the most pressure performing live, it's the it's the scariest of all of the ways that I've put myself out there, right. but at the same time, at the end of a, of a performance, when I've put all of that aside and just let Clear Erotic out, because Mikkel and Clear Erotic are totally different women, right. and once I let her have her moment, um, I love the conversations that come up from it and the just how how it evolves even in that same moment so it's both the scariest but also the best right now how would you say your practice with that has changed over time I never used to practice um I pretty much leaned on reading pretty much all the time a little bit of it was it was like a shield you know um also I didn't have to engage as much with the crowd I really want people to read my work and feel it um and 
reading it for them adds a level of intimacy to it so there's pressure now I'm coming to the point where I enjoy it I practice with my friends I practice in the mirror and just get comfortable right that's what you gotta do because you have to be there in that moment Uh, performing is uh, such a different thing and you definitely want to bring them into that experience and so, you know, that's good that, you know, you're now getting into the flow and, and the rhythm of things and how you do that. What would you say is the, what, what type of poetry would you say you identify most with? Is it just the erotic poetry or what do you read to give you inspiration? Oh, you know, I actually read a lot. I, I listen to all kinds of poetry. Um, I also read a lot of novels. Um, so one of my favorite authors is Eric Jerome Dickey. Just, okay. He's like one of my favorites I identify the most with his work um so I listen I listen to his books I read his books because I'm, I'm I'm a big reader so I have all the reading platforms audible and all of that so um I listen to other poets now what does he write he he writes everything he's a fiction writer okay um but he has a, a wonderful range actually to me as an author because um some of his work is very he has a whole series about an assassin, and it's really great because he's got a series about a black badass assassin, <laughs> okay. you know, a hitman who just goes around killing people, but yet he has an erotic edginess to it, but not so much to where you feel like he's trying, you know? Right. You just feel like this is a, this is a, that dude, you know what I mean? And then he also writes comic books. So, really? I mean, okay. right, so it's just, he's really talented. He's really great. All right. Now, what about the, the poets? Uh, who do you read mostly? It varies. I have to be in a mood. It depends on the mood. And I love that about poetry because it's almost like picking a musical artist, right? Like, who am I for? Everybody has their own style. Um, I, I, I'm completely obsessed with Rudy Francisco right now. Okay. Completely and utterly. Um, so he's my go-to whenever I just need some inspiration, whenever I just want to get a little more in touch with my feelings, I listen to him. I'm also a huge fan of Neil Kilburn. Uh, um, I just recently discovered him. He's great. <laughs> so it just it just depends. I'll just go to Spotify and you know type in poetry, but just to get into that into that. Now, if there were a poet or novelist that you would say you want to be compared to, who would it be? if there's a singular poet or not it have to be a singular uh, who would be your top three um well i i like the balance of eric john dickey so i would definitely want to you know use him okay um hmm. maya angelou i i like i, I grew up on maya angelou beautiful beautiful artist she's one of my idols so i would definitely say her um just her eloquence okay um and i think that for her she was very eloquent but also raw Still I Rise is always yeah. one of my favorite pieces. She rocks me. <laughs> so I would say those two poets. Okay. Now, uh, what would you say is the work that you enjoy doing most? Outside of poetry? Outside of poetry. Outside of poetry? Um, <laughs> well, I have kids. So, you know, I spend time with my kids. And I think really that what I enjoy the most is a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, not really work because everything for me is in some way um, like exerting myself right. so outside of that and writing there's really nothing else but hanging out with kids okay. now aside from erotic poetry are there any other themes that you pursued or thought about pursuing I I do I only kind of conceded to the topic or to the uh, excuse me designation of erotic poet 
um, I, I would kind of just consider myself a regular poet. It just so happens that that's the majority of my work. But I do write a lot about love, about heartbreak. A couple of my erotic pieces started out as, you know, just more raw um, heartbreak pieces. I use poetry as a way to process my feelings. So a lot of them start one way and, and you know, go <laughs> the other. Okay. Well, what would you say has been your scariest experience so far since you've been into the poetry and in writing? My scariest experience? Um, my first performance. My first performance ever was my scariest experience. Um, I had actually, I'm kind of a bit of a procrastinator when I'm afraid of things, so I had, I had set a deadline to perform for the first time at an open mic, and um, I don't know, something got in me one night, and I just, I was just like, I'm going to do it tonight, you know? And that was the scariest because I've recited poetry in life before. I, when I was a kid, I recited before the Nassau County Legislature in, in you know, New York, and that's not that's not as scary as hi, room full of strangers. This is what right. I think about at night <laughs> when I have a pen and paper in my hand. So that was the most the scariest. Okay. Well, what's your favorite work of art or favorite work of poetry? Oh my gosh. So again, I'm obsessed with Rudy Francisco. Okay. Just like most people, our favorite, your favorite anything shifts and changes based on what you relate to. But um, he has a poem that he does um, for like a Dallas slam or something. You can, you can Google it. Um, but really, the, the piece is a collaboration of a lot of the pieces. Okay. Um, but he calls it like to the girl that works at Starbucks down the street from a house or something like that. And it, it's just such a beautiful poem. It's such a beautiful poem. Every time I hear it, I get chills. Okay. Well, can you describe a real-life situation that inspired you? Something that gave you chills, like that piece? I have a few. I, they're scattered throughout my pieces. Oh. <laughs> um, no, but I... 1201 is actually a great, a great one. Um, that's my most recent short story that I published. It's on Instagram. Um, that one, definitely, because the... the the inspiration for the piece was one of those moments. Okay. You know? And uh, do you have that to read for us today? I do. I do. It's um, so it's actually one of my short stories. Let's see. So just rock with me. No worries. Are you ready? I am. All right. All right. This piece is called "Twelve O One" by Cleary Roddick. stands before me, head lowered to the floor, as I glare in disappointment from the seat of an armchair. An anxious silence hangs between us as I glance at my watch. 12.01. He's late. What time is it? I ask in a low and measured voice. He doesn't reply, doesn't lift his eyes to meet mine. Instead, he stands still at attention completely naked, saved for his silver wristwatch. I release a long sigh, attempting to quell the impatience crawling through my chest, and I ask him again, this time my tone more stern and aggravated. What time is it? He shifts, raises his wrist to, my, to his eyes, and responds quietly. 1201, mistress. Standing, I stroll towards him, taking his wrist in my hand and pretending to check his watch. My touch excites him, and he begins to rise with anticipation. 
I reply softly in his ear, my tone sarcastic. Do I wait for you? No, mistress, he replies. No, I don't wait for you, and yet here we are, I reply chidingly. I move past him in a slow stride to the kitchen behind us. Removing my clothes, I find what I need at the table, an armless chair, the perfect prop for what I have in mind, and I return to him, dragging the chair behind me and resting the seat behind his knees. Sit. He does as I command, perfectly still, arms at his sides, hands gripping the underside of the seat. Stay. He looks at me and then his lap, note, acknowledging my instruction. He knows my commands well, this one his least favorite, since it prohibit, prohibits him from leaving the seat or moving his hands to touch me. I return to face him, straddling his lap as he grows stiff against my sex. I lift his chin until our eyes meet and bring my lips to his, letting him taste my displeasure. Now you wait for me. I begin slowly, my hips grinding against him as, I, as close as I can get without letting him in. He watches me intensely, his breathing becomes shallow, ragged, and he fights to remain silent. He's stubborn, refusing to give me what he knows I want. I continue my teeth until he relaxes, settles into the rhythm of controlled agony. When the tension leaves his shoulders, I move to disarm him, slipping him into me without warning. I take him shallowly at first, then rolling my hips, sending him deep inside my wetness. He shudders, gives up that f a fast, desperate moan, and I falter, my rotation breaking for a moment while I catch my breath, my own control wavering. I take him again slow and deep, his moans licking my ear. He's on the edge when I lift myself away, suddenly evicting him from me before he can reach his bliss. He twitches but remains defiant, refusing to show his mounting frustration. I smile sweetly and resume rolling my, ro rolling my lips against his, giving him soft, wet kisses with my sex. Reaching behind him, I thread my fingers between his locks before pulling them back. His eyes now to the ceiling as I ask him in a measured voice, Do I wait for you? His voice breaks when he responds in a long, breathy moan. <laughs> no, mistress. Do you want to come? I ask him, my tone gentle and mischievously sweet. He sighs his reply, yes, mistress. I release his hair, allowing to look at me, him to look at me before whispering my pettiness to his face. Wait. I take him deep inside me again. Deep sounds of ecstasy escape his throat, his battle with me lost. Now he fights a war with himself. He won't come without permission. He knows that I alone dictate when, where, and how he finds his pleasure. I ride him harder. Taking his throat in my hand, I apply pressure to each side of his neck, slowing the flow of oxygen to his brain. 
His body responds and his heart begins to race, heightening his sensitivity. He moves his hips to match mine. I slow my pace, lifting myself from his lap until the head of his manhood barely kisses my lips. I say it again, my tone more severe. Wait. I slide onto him once more. He slows his breathing, does what I've taught him to, to stay in control and hold out until I grant him permission. I continue riding him close to the edge and pulling him back, his madness swelling between my legs, my hand remaining at his throat. Wait. I command again, my own breathing becoming more shallow and ragged, his moans more desperate as he begs. Please, mistress. I don't respond, not at first. Only when my excitement becomes unbearable do I reply, repeating my instructions to both of us. Wait. My rhythm is steady now, my pace urgent. I say it again. Wait. Our heads lift in tandem, our voices in, co in chorus, I moan. Wait, as he begs louder now. My orgasm crashes through me like thunder and I feel him beneath me, struggling not to follow. His face is strained, sweat dotting his brow as he lowers his head, the realization of his punishment now settling on him. After a moment, I stand, watch as he grits his teeth, trying to blow out the fire in his lap with each heavy breath. I lean over, lift his chin in my hands until we are eye to eye. I say it again my tone final. Wait. I walk away, leaving him to reflect on his disobedience, knowing this will be the last time he will ever dare to make me wait. Twelve one. I love that piece. I loved it when I first read it on Instagram. Thank you. And, um, definitely a pleasure to hear you read it out loud. Um, tell us about it. Uh, uh, where did you get the inspiration for it? Uh, you know, where did it come from? Is uh, Mr. 12-0 Run, is, is, is he real? <laughs> is this someone that has existed? Uh, you know, is this... Uh, you know, someone that has driven you, you know, thoughts of them maybe at night. I, I'm very interested to know. <laughs> 12, Mr. 1201, I like that. I like that. Um, well, I will say this. I, um, that particular piece was inspired by the moment of someone that I was playing at that type of dynamic with actually breaking a deadline. So um, there's loosely a Mr. 1201 <laughs> who, who inspired that moment. Um, I kind of ran with the piece from there, though, everything else, but um, I kind of just drew off of a mixture of experience versus fantasy versus random thought versus what I feel is interesting to tackle. Right. Well, uh, you did a very great job at doing that. Uh, like I said, I really do like the piece. Uh, that, that's why I definitely wanted to have you on the show because your work definitely speaks to me uh, with someone that, you know, from my background and the novels that I've read, research and studies that I've done, things in the past. Uh, I used to study sex and religion, mm -hmm. both, you know, and uh, I think that they go hand in hand. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. And 
there's so many different commands from both sides that pretty much tell you you have to practice one with the other so um, you know I, I like the cohesion of what you're able to do in your pieces and everything like that and uh, I mean regardless of the fact that it's an erotic piece it's still something that you can read and you don't have to feel like uh, it's it's filth of any type I, I have read some very filthy erotic poetry you know <laughs> right stuff that even as an adult I'm like wow that's uh, <laughs> that's taking it a little far right, you know, right. With, with some of the things that you know people have written and whatnot but I mean, you do have famous erotic writers out there like Zane, mm-hmm. you know, with, with all of the novels and things like that that are out there. And it, there's definitely a genre for everyone. And yeah, erotic poetry is definitely a genre that speaks to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, what would you say would be your most embarrassing moment? Um, artistically, my most embarrassing moment would be the first time I have a piece called Breathless. It's one of my more provocative a little more uh, because my, my pieces vary by degree some are erotic but more sensual some more vulgar breathless is a little bit more vulgar um especially more so than i'm used to being in general okay um so the first time i tried to perform that piece i couldn't finish i couldn't finish it i got a little ways through and started reading some things out loud and i was like i don't think i want a room full of men looking at me this way <laughs> and i just couldn't i couldn't finish it uh, what would you say as a poet's outlook on life? I think, personally, no, I think all poets. We all are very, I think our outlook is very perceptive. Um, poets and writers, you know, it is such a solitary art, but they perceive so much and you have to, you have to experience a lot of things on more than just a snapshot level. Okay. I think um, poets and writers have to be very, um, very sensitive. Oh yeah, things. definitely. So you have to be kept of what's going on around you, absorbing things, and you know, definitely uh, your environment. I would assume plays a very big part in your art and you know what you have going on. It's like a lot of the musicians I talk to. Most of them say that the majority of their inspiration just comes from their life experiences. Yeah. And, what's going through them and everything and I think that's the best thing about art no matter what form you choose you get to channel you know your experiences your your current ongoings what whatever's happening in your life and you can use your artwork to just release all of that right you know and I think of art as release therapy absolutely no matter what type you, you decide to choose whether it's putting that paintbrush you know to a canvas or you know, putting your pen down to a piece of paper or whatever may have you, but, you know, I think that's the best thing about it is that art is out there, you know, I don't know what the world would be like without any form of art, you know, I couldn't imagine if America was some form of dictatorship where, you know, art wasn't allowed, what this country would be like, you know, without it, I I just, I couldn't imagine a a world without music. Right, no. You know, paintings or anything else, and, um, you know, I think it plays a big part on mental capacity, you know, what you're feeling on the inside, you know, um, so much of what they use for rehabilitation and everything like that. And I think poetry is a great way as well for people who are going through a lot of things. Um, 
mental wise and has that ever been an outlet for you have you ever found yourself in situations where maybe you know life is getting tough and that's the most moments where you're sitting down and putting your pen to the paper absolutely absolutely I have so much more poetry that is you know that I don't put out there that is that deals with your mental state and feelings it's the only way honestly poetry and writing is the only way I know how to process a lot of feelings um so because I just don't know how to get through them otherwise until I start writing so um every moment every day it it's a part I couldn't I don't think I would live if I couldn't write if I couldn't process that way I don't think I would be now what form of encouragement would you give someone looking to start writing well I think the first thing I would say would be do it Um, don't hesitate don't ever feel like your work is just one in like a pool of anonymous work always understand that you know you say something and the way that you say something the way that you felt something might be what someone else needs to hear so never doubt just do it okay uh could you say what memorable responses you've had to your work since you've been writing so many <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about so a couple many. um but i think that if i'm being completely honest the most memorable and the most rewarding response was the first time I ever did my uh, freshman piece um, punishment um, the first time I did that I I was like fuck it I'm gonna just go up here and do this piece and just be me and like clear erotic just be who she is okay. and after the show um, I ended up in a conversation with a group of about six other you know black young adults talking about sexuality in this really open-minded this and and not you know there are intellectual conversations about sexuality and then there are sexual conversations it was an intellectual conversation about understanding sexuality and that was so pivotal for me um especially because that particular piece is talking about you know ds life and kingster lifestyle that we don't really talk about i I have never had those conversations with my black friends right you know but here's a group of people having this open and honest conversation about sexual their sexual sexuality and their true feelings on it and it was it was beautiful okay it was beautiful well talking about sexuality what do you feel about that what's what's going on and and our uh current state you know there's so many things going on in the lgbt community um you know marriage laws are always being talked about who can be with what and now that you know the uh gay community if i can say that and without having to say all of the letters and everything you know now that a lot of the laws that they have pushed for have gotten passed now the whole conversation of polyamory is coming up and polygamy is coming up and bigamy is because people are figuring well you know if they can have what they want why can't i have what i want why is it that what i practice is wrong and what they practice is right Uh, you know i'm an advocate for people doing whatever they feel is necessary to fill the void in their life whatever makes them happy who am i to be in your home and tell you what's wrong or what's right right you know we all have our gods to answer to whoever you know we we pray to whatever we choose to practice and everything like that and you know um is it does that affect you you know personally you know relationship wise or anything like that how do you feel about that i personally um well i'm i'm really excited about really our society and how we're coming along and being more accepted of different types of people i am totally i i feel like i'm living in a great time um in the lgbt community i consider myself a part of the lgbt community 
so I'm grateful for a lot of the changes and a lot of the acceptance that has come from where we are as a society today and there is a lot of negativity as well there's a lot of um, stigma that has to be you know pushed past but I think the fact that we're here speaks to the fact that we're not in the closet anymore either you know so you've gone somewhere um and and it's actually a huge theme for me I'm I'm (laughs) pro-love not to not to be completely you know raunchy with it but I feel like anyone should be allowed to do whatever they want as long as it's safe, sane, and consensual. Those are the rules of good BDSM. Safe, sane, and consensual. You can't get consent from underage people or animals. You can't be safe in certain situations but if you and three friends, you and one friend, you and your boyfriend, her and her girlfriend, however you want to do it, do it. Right. Yeah, whatever your setup is and everything like that because what you do in your home is what you do in your home. It's what you do. And I, and I think that our sexuality is so much a part of who we are as a core. Um, I think that too many labels and putting too many expectations on people who are not you, it only jeopardizes you. So whatever it is that you want to do, however you feel, even if you just feel it today and tomorrow you feel a different way, run with it. Right. Yeah, yeah because everybody changes. The world is constantly changing. Absolutely. <laughs> Laws are constantly changing. I mean, we've had some very old school laws that have controlled the way people have done things uh, you know even down to what positions you're right. allowed to have sex in and everything <laughs> like that those, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad we don't live in the times where missionary is the only allowable position <laughs> okay cause listen I'd be in jail <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd all be in a whole hell of a lot of trouble with, you know, what, what's... no 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 so what would you say you dislike most about being a poet or being a writer? Um, I, you know, honestly, I love so much of it. I, I think if I had to, if I had to reach and say, what deep down inside do I dislike? Um, it would be sometimes people don't know you outside of your work. So for me, being that, you know, I am public with my erotic poetry, sometimes people perceive me as that person, right? So they don't realize that, you know, this isn't aspect of my life that I'm very passionate about but it's right. not who I am as a person that can be a little bit hard because people approach you differently especially you know when, <laughs> when they yeah. want to come at you exactly well and I, it also comes down to you know branding and, and getting people to understand you know the difference between an alter ego and, 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 and a persona you know there's music artists that are out there and their music life is nothing like what they do um i actually follow a female uh, musician that's from here in orlando and uh she has three different personas wow that she makes music under and then she also makes music as herself yep so each one of those personas have a different type you know whether she's sexy whether she's classy whether she's intelligent and you know that that's cool i think that you know you're able to make arts in those different forms and you know perception is key when it comes down to art absolutely you know and you know hopefully in time of you continuing to perform and getting your name out there people will get to understand that clear erotic is just who you are as an artist (laughs) you know like how they look at macy gray and everything like that and when she was making music and stuff like you know that that's just who she is as an artist nelly Furtado, when she made her music that's just who she was as an artist you know that's her expression uh missy Elliott, especially you right. know like 
Missy Elliott makes some great music. A lot of it is crazy music. And, you know, people, of course, have to look at that and it's like, okay, this is just art. Obviously, she doesn't do half of this stuff in real life, you know? It's just for the entertainment value and whatnot. Um, So what do you like most about your work? enjoy what I enjoy most about my work is um, delving into topics that are not that are not typically seen in the black community or even talked about I enjoy that the most because it inspires such rich conversations and thankfully so far healthy conversations so I that is what I enjoy the most whenever I feel inspired because I never I don't ever sit down and say I'm going to write a piece about this specific topic and go from there it's whatever I'm feeling but whenever I'm having that feeling and the topic is is one like that, right. I'm always, you know, much more excited to see what, how it turns out. Well, what word do you have for the community, the uh, young black poets, young black writers that are trying to get into this realm? You know, um, if there is a big stigma uh, amongst, you know, our race of people and everything like that when it comes down to displaying certain things and... You know, I know just like from my background and upbringing, there's certain things you're just not supposed to talk about Absolutely. in front of other people. <laughs> you know, so what would you say has, you know, gotten you more comfortable with doing the art, you know, and what would you tell somebody, you know, how to deal with that, maybe with their family, especially because that's got to be a big deal, you know, how your family perceives you and everything mm-hmm. like that once you start putting that art out there as well. Um, I think you, well, don't do it if you're not comfortable with that thankfully for me I I didn't have those apprehensions so much as um just just standing out there um don't I wouldn't I wouldn't concern yourself if you're looking to write especially if you feel like it's more erotic that you want to go with as long as you're being honest as long as you're being authentic and as long as you're doing it for you right um you'll be fulfilled there's there's no way that it wouldn't be fulfilling okay so uh what research do you do (laughs) Um, so there's there's some research. Um, I I mean I do draw a lot off of experience, but sometimes experience doesn't mean that you've been sexual with a person. Experience can be just a, a specific conversation or taking putting yourself in a specific atmosphere. Um, I have to do I have done quite a bit of actual Google research when I talk about um, things pertaining to scenes pertaining to dungeons and that that type of kink life. Okay. I'm, I'm not like a, you know, dominatrix, so <laughs> I don't have all of the answers, but I do sometimes have to research those things. Okay, so um, you would say that pornography would even be something that would be involved I, you know what? up to a certain degree, because, I mean, there is a lot of different subjects. I mean, pornography, some people think of the word pornography, and they're like, oh, you know, this is just straight lusting and things like that, but not all of it. You know, is is like that. I mean, it's it's just like your type of poetry. You know, yeah. not all of it is at the same level. Some yeah. of it's light, just like they have soft core things and right. you know hardcore things. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I would imagine so. I actually don't. I don't. I don't do that type of research in that way. Like, I don't really not a big porn fan anyway. Believe it or not, ironically. Right. Um. But. So a lot of it, I think, is a little more personal. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When you're writing about any type of poetry or any type of eroticism, you're drawing off of some form of experience, even if it's not the same exact thing. But um, 
So I, I really think a lot of it comes down to my experiences, fantasy. Right. If I may be so bold. Well, yeah, fantasy definitely <laughs> has, you know, plays a big part in about. it, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, I think anyone that has fantasies, most people that are sexually active have fantasies, things that they think about, and I think work like yours is also a great way for someone to be like, you know what? All right, great. I'm not the only person. Right. <laughs> that thinks this way you know I'm not the only one that likes to have honey dripped on me and things like that or you know just like your piece uh, 1201 I mean it's that's not necessarily something that you have to be heavily trained for No. you know you don't have to go around learning things this is just a matter of you having an intimate moment with your partner you know that, that, that can be just melted all down to role playing of some type and things like that you know and it's all about how you play it is, and I think 1201 is actually one of my favorite pieces as an example for that, because I the response for 1201, like you said, talking about people going, okay, I'm not the only one that felt that way. When I wrote 1201, I, I it was one of the first pieces that I wrote where the point of view was coming from the dom, and in this case, I would be the dom, right? Okay. Um, and so I wasn't too sure. I wasn't too sure. I was like, I don't really know. I've had some, you know sexual conversations and themed conversations with close friends I've never heard of black men being interested in dominated now I might know a couple here and there on a whisper right but it's right. not something that we talk about openly and I wasn't sure how that would be perceived and shockingly it's mostly men who love that <laughs> that I've that I have come back to me and been like that is such a great piece you okay. know what I mean um so I think that people do relate to it and if you're gonna write especially for me it's been a lesson to just write it because as long as you're being authentic, it also may validate the next person. Right. That's good. So, have you learned anything from the people that you've met through performing your pieces? Because you say that uh, people come up and they talk to you after you perform your pieces and you're coming to find out who's really involved, who's not involved. Or are you using any of that information to further enhance your work? I, I use it to, yes, very much to further enhance my work. Um, it, it inspires me to continue to push the envelope about what I talk about. Um, a lot of this comes from, you know, the topic of sexuality being act- an actual pa- passion for me. Okay. So, um, the more that I get feedback from people, the more I, I felt it necessary to really push the envelope and go into those more taboo topics, explore those more um, or less than popular fantasies. Um, because it's inspiring a lot of healthy conversation. A lot of this content is not content that we are represented in, even. Right. Well, do you have a, uh, a dream project you could say that you would want to do? I would love... So, I would like to write a novel. Okay. Um, and I am working on a novel. So, mark your calendars. Who knows when <laughs> I'm working on that. Can I ask what the novel's going to be about? Um... <laughs> Sure. Um, so I just very loosely, the novel is um, about a, a gay couple. Um, or should I say, a lesbian couple? Okay. Um, and it's it's I like it so far because um, everything is some things are are more typical, but it's it explores a lot of the atypical. Okay. Um, and so I'm having a lot of fun with that, and just about their relationship and and something that they have to go through as a couple. Um, but I'm working on that. I'd love for a novel, though, to turn into, like, a movie. I'd love to go to the movies and, 
see my work on see the your screen. work on the screen yeah. okay nothing wrong with that you gotta have dreams <laughs> all right um what would you say is your favorite or most inspirational place what gets you thinking and flowing uh ooh. okay um honestly a lot of my work um from like dungeons that I've gone to things like that that when we're talking about erotic poetry that's where that's where things I think kick in for me a lot of my pieces feature specific um, apparatus or play or toys from the dungeon things like that so well can we talk about one of those experiences is that allowed or do they have rules that prohibit you from uh, speaking on any of that? <laughs> well, I mean, we can't get into specifics, but I, I mean, I have a piece that um, I'm, I would like to release shortly, um, featuring the St. Andrew's Cross, okay. which is one of my personal, just a great piece. For those that don't know, the St. Andrew's Cross, uh, you might have seen it depicted, but it looks like a giant X, wooden X. Sometimes it's iron, um, meant for restraint. I have a piece that talks about that at length and um i actually don't i it's the reversal of an experience okay so um yeah was that a piece that we were going to be hearing today not today not today okay very lengthy all right (laughs) um well can you tell the listeners where they can find that piece absolutely so um i am on facebook clear erotic um and on instagram you can find me at poet.clearerotic one word poet.clearerotic um, and just keep an eye out on those pages I'll be posting um, videos I'm working on a website I'll be posting the link to that where we can read my stories a little more cohesively okay so uh, kind of like a blogging website kind of like a blogging yeah I'm, okay. I'm working on that now um, it's really hard to, to post my more, my longer pieces on the other platforms so right. look out for that and what would you say is the best piece of advice that you have been given as a writer or a poet? You know what? It's gonna sound it's gonna sound crazy, but fuck it. <laughs> I have literally had like you know because I get I'm very analytical and you know intellectual, so I'll overthink the hell out of something. I'll I'll overthink myself right into not writing a piece. Right. And you know I have great friends and a great support system, and I'm like, well, I'm concerned about how this is gonna be taken. Fuck it, fuck it. Write what you want. Write how you want it be honest and be open and just go for it and it's always been fruitful okay well speaking on your support system what's your process of writing a piece and then you know getting it to final and everything like that and knowing that it's ready to be released um it's it's evolved quite a bit over the past few years typically i would have written a piece read over it a few times um and sent it to like my best friend how's this um because i needed that encouragement i needed to know um, when I first started writing, especially because I was never really taught to capitalize on your artistic talents that way, um, I doubted it. I was like, okay, maybe this was just a fluke. Maybe I just wrote one or two great things and the rest are not going to be great. Okay. So I would send it to my friends um, and I got that encouragement. Now I'm, I've come a long way to the point where I write a piece and as long as I feel it, if I'm, you know, t- I actually handwrite, which is, a, I think, a fun fact about me. I handwrite the majority. I'm working on a novel handwriting. So, really? All right. Because I'm crazy. So well, there's nothing wrong with that because you know what? 
paper, yes, it can be destroyed in a certain fashion, but if you're writing things on your computer and you lose that power, right. and, you know, you're not using that autosave feature. You could be, and I'm, <laughs> I'm in a flow, you know, I'm in a flow of, of a scene or of a moment. So if I find that my heart's racing, if I find that I'm a little bit flushed, if I feel like it arouses me, not that I'm some sort of, you know, I'm not the end all be all for what arousal is, but um, I'm also not that easily impressed. So if I feel like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm, I might want to go do something, then right. I know. Okay. Professionally, what's your goal? Um, I want to be published. That's my most immediate professional goal. I definitely want to be published. I'd love to sign to a publisher. Um, these would be just amazing, you know, things for me. I'd love to feature more shows. Um, I'm definitely working on performing more. So it's a goal that I'm the most afraid of because it takes me so far out of my comfort zone. But I, I'm holding on to it because it makes me so uncomfortable, you know. Um, those would be my most immediate goals. Do you have any publishers that you're currently looking at? No, not really. I have publishers that I've thought about. Um, I'm, next year I'd like to submit to some chat book contests with them. But my challenge right now is just figuring out whether or not I really want to publish more of my stories or my poetry or how to mix them in together. Gotcha. Okay. Well, everybody out there listening, if you know any publishers, publishing houses or anything like that, send the information over to Clear Erotics account. You can send it to the Just Tell Rail show account and I'll get that information over to her. If there's a publisher happening to listen and maybe you like the pieces that you hear this evening or that you read on her page, uh, you'll be able to find the information on how to contact her on our page and on the uh, show links at the end of the show. Yes, reach out. So, uh, what would you say that you uh, wouldn't do without me? In, in my day-to-day life, I need coffee. Okay. <laughs> I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people. I could not live without coffee, which is terrible. It's terrible. Now, this doesn't mean that you're a Starbucks person, or it just means coffee person, doesn't matter where it's it comes from. It's just coffee. Just coffee. The sweet caress of caffeine. Okay. Well, and see, at least that puts you on a different level than, you know, somebody who's like, I, I must have Starbucks and Starbucks <laughs> No, just coffee. I don't care. Ice, Dunkin', Starbucks, just coffee. So, you wake up in the morning, you open your eyes. What's the first thing that you're doing? Well, I have an almost one-year-old who's usually in the bed with me. So the first thing I'm doing is making sure he's breathing. Okay. Because he's usually suspiciously quiet if I'm opening my eyes. Yeah, I can definitely. <laughs> not <laughs> So chances are I'm checking on that. And then I, I definitely check my phone first. I'm, I know it's such a bad habit, but I need to know what time it is. And I need to see, I just glance to see if I have any missed calls. Or, right. Anything important in a way is that that's pressing. It's never something important, but I check anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't matter if it's a social media notification or you're on there, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm going to read this message real quick. <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's talk about your dating life. Is there anyone uh, interesting in your life at this moment? In my, in my current dating life, um, I did not expect that question. Yeah, there is. We'll see. Do they uh, play a role in your poetry? You know what? I'm, I'll be honest. My poetry is always in some way reflecting something that I'm up to right now. Okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that if my if, if 
the object of my affection were to listen to my poetry or read, if they would find themselves. Find themselves, but in there they can identify with something. They can they... identify, oh shit, you know, that was, <laughs> I remember that. You know, um, so absolutely, I write more um, because I'm currently dating a woman, so I'm writing more poetry about um, female couples and okay. things like that that I wasn't really doing before, even though right. I had had that experience. It just wasn't, I wasn't relating to it on the level that I am now. So it ebbs and flows always. Gotcha. But what would you say is your worst or best, most memorable relationship? Oh, my most, they're all so memorable. Um, I would say, honestly, I would have to say this would be the most memorable just because it's so different. This is my first relationship with a woman. Okay. So it's the most memorable by, you know, like, by a long shot. <laughs> by a long shot. Um, and I guess it's going to be the best if I'm still in it. <laughs> currently oh, yeah. in it. Definitely. But definitely most memorable for sure. Okay. But what would you say your fallback plans are? I mean, or, I mean, not necessarily meaning that you're planning for any form of failure or anything like that. But if you were to turn to something else aside from poetry, you know, what would it be? What's your working passion if you have any? My working passion is science. Um, medical sciences. So, um, you know, I'd like to go back to school and get a degree in nursing or even psychology something like that because really um writing about erotic poetry has been able to allow me to tackle the fact that um, i love you know sex like that aspect of psychology sexuality and things like that okay. um so it would either be something directly related to the medical field like nursing or probably therapy okay and uh you were involved in the medical fields at one point in time if i remember correctly weren't you mm -hmm. yeah yeah i used to be um an emergency medical technician. All right, so yeah. you're an EMT. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did that in Los Angeles um, All right. for a couple of years. Wow, that's crazy to be in LA. I'm sure that was uh, a very busy lifestyle. <laughs> it was, well, it was fun, it was fun. I mean, in Los Angeles, you're not really doing a lot of crazy, chaotic, you know, what we would see on TV. It's mostly just, you know, basic transportation and things like that, but you see a lot because you're out in the street all day and right. it's fun, it's fun. Well, who would you say influences you? I find inspiration pretty much everywhere, but in influential, it would be. I'm not sure. I think it would be. It couldn't be another artist who influenced me the most heavily. Would be whoever I'm with at the moment, probably. Like that's. It comes out in terms of my content. Okay. So my love life would influence me the most. Okay. Uh, what about your family? How do they play into everything? How do they feel about your poetry? And support wise I you know I don't I really don't know my family actually does read my work um, I think they've always supported me in terms of my creativity okay. um, and I don't think that they mind the content um, if they do I haven't heard it it is always awkward though to post a piece on my story and my dad comes up as having viewed it uh -huh. oh okay but you haven't received any commentary from them or no. critiques or anything no no okay well what's next for you What's next? Um, aside from um, you know, trying to get a website together, um, just performing. I really want to perform. Um, I'll be relocating soon, so um, I'm hoping to tackle kind of a new city and see if I can if I can make my way in the art scene there. Um, and it's always that's always a, a, something to look forward to, just because you know a black 
female artist who writes about eroticism is always right. <laughs> so, what type of venue would you be be looking for? Is it um, more like an uh, open night places, uh, speakeasies, things open like mics. that? definitely open mics or uh, poetry showcases things like that um, I also like workshops very much a lot of sharing happens in those types of writing workshops um, some but I'm really just looking to perform in any of those places um, colleges things like that. okay if you were to have your fans remember one thing about you what would it be if I, I want my fans to remember that um, it's all love if, if I if I could have something said about my work and about me as an artist, um, is acceptance and love. Um, that's what I stand for when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to someone as a person, all acceptance and love. All right. So is there anything that you want to tell your fans or listeners before we go? Yeah, so um, follow me uh, on Facebook and Instagram. I appreciate it. Um, if you have um, any stories, reach out. If you want to talk to me, I like engaging with my fans. I get, you guys give me some good stuff. So, you know, reach out, check out my work and, you know, come see me. Well, I definitely appreciate you sitting down with me this afternoon and rolling into this evening, which I love. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Look out for Clear Erotic's work in the future. We're going to have her links and information posted on the page, as always. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. We post certain videos. You can always find things on our personal page, Just Tell Rail. And you can also look out for things on King Rail's personal page as well. Uh, once again, I thank you so much. I thank you, Clary Rodder, for sitting down with us. Thank and, uh, you. Yeah. I hope you all have a blessed evening. Thank you.